0: The views and opinions expressed on my story, Living With Lupus Podcast, represents each person's individual experience. By listening to this podcast or reading our blog, you agree not to use this podcast or or blog as medical advice to treat any medical condition in either yourself or others. As always, consult your own physician for any medical issues that you may be having. My Story Living with Lupus podcast is officially trademarked, all rights reserved. Joining me for another episode of My Story Living with Lupus. I'm your host Susan Hendricks and I'm so glad that you could join me on this Friday. Today we're talking about the Lupus Family Registry and Repository and we'll also be talking about National Lupus Patient Registry. Do you guys know what that is? Well, if you don't, I'm here to tell you. How has your week been going? Well, let me tell you about mine. I'm recovering from those high temperatures that we have had right here To run for my money, um, you know that I have congestive heart failure. With the high temperatures along with me trying to move around, I was having chest pains. So I had to take it easy. It really drained me. And, um, it drained me to the point where I was it got to that point that he did with my body. You know, the extreme heat puts so much pressure on your body, especially when you're dealing with a multitude of illnesses like I am. But once the weather cooled down, um, the swelling in my body, well, the fluid... it's it's all fluid retention and my body is now um working its way out of my body but I'm doing much better now and I hope that you have kept cool but oh let me tell you this we had a power outage on top of that and all the electricity has just now been restored in some areas of Michigan so it's just been how can I put it that Michigan type of weather but listen get ready to learn about the lupus family registry and repository and the national lupus patient registry so you know what I want you to do come Hey, grab your cup of coffee, your cup of tea, and if you're listening, talking about the lupus family registry and repository this information was retrieved from the u.s national library of medicine national institute of health oxford journals rheumatology oxford england the lupus family registry and repository known as lf was established with the goal of assembling and distributing materials and data from families with one or more living members diagnosed with SLE in order to address SLE genetics. The LFRR has contributed to the discovery of most of the 37 genetic associations now known to contribute to lupus. Through 104 publications, the LFRR contains 2,618 lupus cases from 1954 pedigrees that are being studied by seventy-six approved users and their collaborators. The registry includes difficult to obtain population such as multiplex pedigrees, minority patients, and affected males, and constitutes the largest collection of lupus pedigrees in the world. The LFRR is a useful resource for the discovery and characterization of genetic associations in SLE. Now, we know that SLE is a debilitating and potentially fatal autoimmune disease manifested as a wide variety of clinical features and characterized by the production of antibodies to components of the cell as the immune system in SLE patients is unable to differentiate some specific antigens from healthy tissue and foreign invaders the consequent Inflammatory response affects the joints, skin, blood, and many organs, including the kidneys, brain, heart, and lungs. Disease genetics are important, but at this time, the biologic mechanisms that link associated genes to disease phenotypes are largely unknown. Now, the Lupus Family Registry and Repository, formerly known as the Lupus Multiplex Registry and Repository, LMRR, was established in 1995 with the goal of assembling and distributing materials and data from families with one or more living members diagnosed with lupus in order to address SLE genetics. This goal is today a reality. The registry and repository have allowed the creation of an interwoven web of efficient and complementary research that has advanced the important work of the genetics of SLE. There are 76 approved researchers and collaborators that are directly using LFRR resources for their work. 62 of them within the U.S and 14 international scientists. Today, the LFRR is operating with 31 full and part-time staff members who recruit participants, review medical records, staff the laboratory, design implement and maintain information technology, attain informed consent from and protect human subjects, analyze the data, and administer the overall effort. Additionally, five affiliated centers across the U.S. contribute biological samples clinical information to the registry. SLE is known to occur in families more frequently than in the general population. 5 to 10% of SLE patients have a second family member with SLE and the sibling reoccurrence rate Prevalence in siblings of SLE affected population prevalence is estimated to be 8 and 30 percent. Collectively, these observations strongly suggest that an important understanding of the pathogenesis of SLE could be initiated through the discovery of genes that increase family susceptibility to the disease. Now, in the early 1990s, Dr. John Harley at Oklahoma Medical Research Foundation began assembling multiplex families for SLE and caught the attention of the National Institute of Arthritis, Muscular Skeletal and Skin Disease, at the American College of Rheumatology annual meeting in the fall of 1993. Establishing a formal registry led to an increased effort in recruitment of multiplex families with SLE along with more rigorous and detailed data collection and organization eventually becoming a centralized repository of data sera plasma dna trans formed B cell lines and peripheral blood mononuclear cells. The LMRR offered approved scientists access to more than 5 million data points for each sample, including clinical information, demographics, lupus serology and genotyping data and later single polymorphisms. Lupus is a disease of disparities. It is estimated that nine out of ten people diagnosed with lupus are women and four of ten are African Americans who are at least three times more likely to have lupus than European Americans of the same sex. He is the author of Positive Energy 24-7 and his latest book, it was destined. urban legend. He's Detroit's own author, Henry Long. To purchase an autographed copy of his book and to purchase his e-book, go to rightpath247.com. That's W-R-I-T-E-P-A-T-H. Four seven dot com. You can also follow him on Instagram at RightPath247. If you would like to appear on an episode of My Story Living With Lupus, you can contact us at my story, living with lupus at gmail.com. Also, visit us on our Instagram page and also our website, My Story, Living With Lupus. All aboard. First time. Presented by Parisian Park Dreams. Jacksonville Cruise Port, Jacksonville, Florida. Deposit $150 due July 10, 2019. Ports of Call, Freeport and Nassau, $579 ocean view per person, $554 interior per person. Seven seven zero nine eight two nine three nine nine and S for D Parks Entrepreneur and Creator of Right Side. and empowerment speaker is available for your next empowerment event and conference. You can book her for your next event at rightsideof50 at gmail.com. That's R-I-G-H-T-S-I-D-E-O-F-5-0. Seven zero three three zero one four two six each one, encourage one. Recent data from Ad Mixer's studies show that American Indian ancestry. Is almost eightfold more important in generating lupus than is European ancestry. Finally, Asian ancestry also leads to a higher prevalence of lupus than European ancestry. Knowing these disparities, the staff and leadership of the LFRR have consistently Targeted recruitment effort towards a population lupus affects the most, maintaining at least 40% minority enrollment since its inception. Now, a central focus of the repository since 1999 has been identifying the genes responsible. For lupus in African Americans, this effort was boosted by collaboration in 2003 with doctors Gary Giltz and Diane Kamen at the Medical University of South Carolina, who spearheaded the enrollment of SLE patients and controls from the Gulag population now I know you're probably wondering what is the Gula population well the Gula are a semi isolated population residing in the sea islands along the South Carolina coast and and adjacent inland communities they have lived in this region since the early 1700s when they were transported from west africa and constitute a unique population with greater genetic homogeneity than most other african-american communities in the usa the gula maintained stable family units making assembly of a collection of pedigrees for the study of the disease like Mm. lupus possible. Now, whenever you're talking about um, anything when it comes down to this chronic illness, you have to look at the strengths and the weaknesses of any situation. Now... When it comes down to the strengths of the LFRR, it is as follows. It has multiplex families and trios, account for 29% enrolled pedigrees, large proportion of minorities, 56% of all participants, extensive data collection on SLE affected individuals more than 5 million points of clinical, demographic, and genotyping data. Scoring system for SLEACR criteria using medical records and laboratory tests. Customized database with tracking system of all biological and clinical data standardized serology reports on 99% of samples. It contains a large control cohort. At least one control is recruited for each affected participant. Data collection for controls is similar To data of SLE affected, questionnaires, serologic, demographic, and genotyping data are recorded in similar manner. Now we have to look at quality control. Genotyping for race, relatedness, and gender in addition to self-report. Scoring system of ACR criteria allows for assurance that each SLE participant meets at least four SLE ACR criteria Scientific users able to choose participants based on the number of criteria met Now LFRR offers the same data for SLE cases with limited evidence, participants with more than four criteria confirmed by source documents, long-standing study that has overcome many obstacles while implementing the lessons learned from them. 15 years worth, storage of samples and data in two separate independent physical locations with independent power supplies to provide added security. Receives valuable support from the National Institute of Arthritis. Receives other funding agencies and institutes the national institute of allergy and infectious disease network of affiliate sites lupus support groups and awareness groups physicians across the united states as well as internationally patients questionnaires and data collection are amended for changing interests and requirements. You know, with every strength, you have to look at the weakness. Now, weaknesses and solutions of the LFRR. When I state what the weakness is, I'm going to give you the solution. The weakness of the LFRR, I'm sorry, is that it's non longitudinal. The solution, patient information available for potential follow-up studies. The weakness is no disease activity or damage in dices the solution. Clinical information available in database to calculate surrogate measures. The weakness of Asians are underrepresented. The solutions, more research resources, excuse me, are being dedicated to recruiting Asian families and controls changing concept of ethnicity and race. Now, Hispanics was once considered a race but is now an ethnicity. Therefore, Hispanics recruited before 2001 often do not have race recorded. Solution. The race and ethnicity are self-reported by the participants, but verified through genotyping. The weakness of the LFRR incomplete standardization of measurements and dates make international participants participation difficult. The solution errors have been um, in the standard operating procedures for international measurements and dates. The weakness of the LFRR lack of face-to-face recruitment The Solution LFRR recruiters attend several health or lupus-related events each year in an effort to increase face-to-face interactions with participants. Now, while I was giving you this information, a thought came to mind that One reason I feel, this is my opinion, that lupus is so prevalent within the African American community is because that we are multicultural. That means, and the best way I could tell you is give you an example of myself. On my mother's side, her father, was white, Um, her parents and her grandparents were considered mulattoes. On my father's side, his father was African. His mother was Native American. And if you look at it As far as genetics go, there is an intermingling. That's the best way I can put it. I, I have, I am mixed with white, I am mixed with African, and I am mixed with Native American. Now from what I've read you, SLE is pre- prevalent in Native Americans more than it is in um, Europeans. So since my grandfather on my father's side was African, He married my grandmother, Native American, which that gene skipped my brothers and sisters, and it hit me. And the same can go for my mother's side. She is Well, it's really tough to say. She's part white and mulatto, you know. So I believe it's all in the genes, the intermingling of genes. That's the best way I can put it for myself. But I think that's why it hit African Americans much harder than it does any other race is because that we are mixed with a little of something. If you go way back, we all are mixed with a little of something, and the genes got intermingled. That's the best way I can put it. When we come back, we'll be talking about the National Lupus Patient Registry. Now, if you want to read in full detail of the Lupus Family Registry and Repository, you can go to the U.S. National Library of Medicine, National Institute of Health, Oxford Journals, Rheumatology, Oxford, England. This journal was dated January 2011. When we come back, like I said, we'll be talking about the National Lupus Patient Registry. Determining how common lupus is and identifying those at risk. We're talking about the National Lupus Patient Registry. Information retrieved from Lupus Foundation of America 2019. In 2003, Congress established the National Lupus Patient Registry at the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention better known as the CDC. The registry conducted the first comprehensive studies that measure how widespread lupus is in the US and that determine who is at risk of developing the disease. These studies continue to inform our efforts to combat lupus. In the years leading up to 2003, The Lupus Foundation of America advocated for a government-funded study that would help the lupus community better understand who gets lupus and how it affects people with the disease. Now, most recently, Congress funded the registry with point. $5 million for the fiscal year 2019, a million-dollar increase from 2018. This increase is a clear indication that Congress recognizes the importance of the registry findings, which include Black women with lupus are diagnosed at a younger age and are at a higher risk of developing lupus kidney disease and end-stage kidney disease compared to white women. In New York, 50% of people of color with lupus develop lupus kidney disease compared to 25% of whites. Lupus is about as common among American Indian and Alaska Native women as it is in African American women, the group that is most likely to develop lupus currently funded studies in their research. As of 2018, the National Lupus Patient Registry is funding research in California, Georgia, and Michigan. The goals of these studies are two as follows. Follow the treatment history, access to health care, and history, severity of disease, death rates, etc. of those in the studies. Support the collection of patient reported outcomes such as level of fatigue and severity of joint pain as well as the collection of skin, urine, and tissue samples. Better understand racial, ethnic, and socioeconomic disparities in lupus support collaborative use of data for researchers across the U.S. Now, that's what the National Lupus Patient Registry does. Now, the milestones of the registry is as follows, three studies currently being funded by the registry, 14 reports published based on registry data, sixty-three million seven hundred and ninety-six dollars in congressional Funding since 2003. And that information was from the Lupus Foundation of America. If you want to read more about it, it's real short. It's really short. If you want to read more about it, go on over to the Lupus Foundation of America's website and read the National Patient Lupus Registry. You know sometimes you hear me say hope when I get ready to close. It's for a reason. It is. You see, hope, H-O-P-E, It is the most important thing in the world. You see, I believe that now more than ever, hope is what saved my life. Hope is what gave me the courage and the strength to carry on. You see hope, that unshakable, golden belief that things can and will get better. I hope that you see that it's more than to lupus than what you hear. It's a great deal more. And I hope that each and every one of you who is dealing with a chronic illness has and will be unshakable. I'm Susan Hendricks, your host for my story, Living With lupus you have yourself a most enjoyable and peaceful weekend and I'll see you next Friday for another episode the Consult your own physician for any medical issues that you may be having. My Story Living with Lupus podcast is officially trademarked, all rights reserved.